everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Drunk Riders. As always, I am Marcus. And I'm Mark. And I'm your boy with the meat. I'm Mike. <laughs> I almost said that wrong. I almost said I'm your boy with the mic. I'm meat. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so much funnier. I wish you would have messed it up. Right. <laughs> uh, and this week we are glad to welcome Adam Sandy. How's it going? Welcome to the show. He is from Zamperla. What's your exact title, good sir? Uh, Roller Coaster Sales and Marketing Director. Great. Man, big spender over here. Watch out. (laughs) I got to sell more before I can spend more. Ah, there you go. I got you. I got you. (laughs) Um, So, as customary, start off with what we're drinking tonight. I'm drinking. Wait, let's see if we can get the pop in there. There it is. <laughs> I got a, a Land Grant Lonely Hops Club. I think I drank it like three or four weeks ago. I had I, it's the last one. I had it sitting. Okay, I, I thought took... you said you had another like random weird named one. But... I, I do, but it's next week. Don't worry about it. <laughs> next, not next week. Not, that's right. Not oh, yeah. next week. Well, that's gonna be random. Yeah, we'll be in Texas next week. Yep. But yes, it's good. I love it. <laughs> Mark. All right. I'm sorry to disappoint, but my beer tonight is water. Because my stomach has been repulsive today. <laughs> oh, oh, poor Mark. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm i going a little basic tonight, boys. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I have PBR. a Shinerbach. Oh. Nice. I you going to say PBR. Nice. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I was going to throw you off there by being me basic. You were going to go, oh, false idol. Of course it is. No. I got a Shinerbach <laughs> at the store. All right. 50 cents okay. a bottle. I was expecting. Yeah. Wow, really? Yeah. Oh, man. I'm, not, I'm going this weekend to pick up some more before our trip. So. Nice. How good you? How old is that? <laughs> What's that? I said, how old is that if it's going for 50 cents a bottle? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm not judging it. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, it must uh, taste fine. It's under. Uh, this one tastes perfectly fine, so it might be a little sk- skunky, but. <laughs> Just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> Maybe the skunk makes it taste good. I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> they, it's they usually have the uh, the date brewed stamped on the label somewhere. Um, that's effort right now, and <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. I'll find it later. I'll find it when I finish. How about that? There we go. go. All right, <laughs> love it. So, Adam, what are you drinking? Uh, a little bit of a, a mix tonight. I'm starting with uh, some Lafroig, some Scotch. And nice. then going over to uh, Bail Money IPA from our local Key Brewing here in Baltimore. Sweet. Ooh. Man, all our guests drink fancy stuff. Yeah, we, we drink the <laughs> – we got to step our own game up. We, <laughs> Man, the one drink. night I drink something, like, super basic, <laughs> mainly because I'm trying to, you know, hold off until uh, you guys get here so I can share some of my good stuff with you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone's coming on with scotch, Jack and Coke, bourbon, all this really fancy stuff. At we, least we're not we saying Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, I do got some Miller in the fridge. I'm just saying. Everybody should have a macro they like, though. There's no shame in that. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Mike. <laughs> I mean, all I was the gonna, basics. I was going to say Shiner, but literally on the bottle right next to me, it's uh, ind- Independent Craft, so I can't even go Shiner. Shiner's like the biggest thing I drink, so. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Well, you know, yeah, more power to you. 
my dad was a beer taster for Anheuser-Busch. So, uh, you know, I do have a soft spot for, for macros in my heart, but it's my go-to for, for that field. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. I was, I was a sampler of the macro beers in, uh, pretty much everywhere. Um, (laughs) growing up as a kid, not growing up as a kid. Oh my gosh. (laughs) College school legally when I was in college. I mean, um, college. Uh, but ever since uh, I've been influenced by these two gentlemen, I have been, uh, and I live in Columbus, which is uh, the home of the brewery, apparently on the planet. It feels like, Mm. (laughs) I mean, there's, listen, there's 78 breweries in the Columbus metro area. There's a lot of breweries down there. There's a ton of breweries. Yeah. There that, yeah. I'm surprised there's like, I may be in like the corner of Columbus that there's a farthest away from the nearest brewery (laughs) because there's like 15 minutes to the closest brewery. Jeez. <laughs> I go downtown. I could walk, get put my finger in the ground and walk in any direction and find a brewery within five minutes. <laughs> like it's literally that packed downtown. It's insane. And they're all good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So I do want to have some shout outs for us because we do, of course, start off with uh, Adam for joining us. Big shout out. Shout out. <laughs> Appreciate you. Uh, and then we also got to call out a boy, uh, Angelo Giles. Put a damn shirt on. Put a shirt. <laughs> Put a shirt on. <laughs> oh man! Uh, at the coast of Brews, we're gonna beat you in beer punk. Yay! <laughs> All right. Next week. That, oh. So just I'm as getting... a reminder, I, I don't know if it's actually been officially stated. Next Thursday, we will be recording live at False Idol to kick off. El Stumble Extravaganza. Yep. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait. I cannot That's, wait for you guys not to be disappointed. That cannot if I'm disappointed, I'm just gonna say that. I'm tall just, words. I'm, listen, it's this it cannot be more on brand. Adam, if only you could join us in Dallas. <laughs> that, <Yes>. that, <laughs> only you could fly down with a less than a week's notice and <laughs> join us at a brewery to record a podcast episode. That's seventeen percent. I'm I'm just gonna say seventeen percent. Let's move. That's gonna be a, an interesting start to the trip, for, to say the least. Time. All right, let's what, jump in. Yeah. Hey. So you're the sales guy at Zamperla. Zam, Zamperla is something that everybody that we listen to and everybody that listens to us knows about. They are not new in the industry. Um, just give us a little bit about you, man. Let's, let's, let's hear a little bit about your background, when you started at Zamperla, uh, what you did before Zamperla, anything new on the horizon? Let's, let's hear about it. Sure. So, I mean, if you want to go way back, I was probably like a lot of people here, just a big nerd growing up, love coasters, um, mm-hmm. and just wanted to find a way to get in the industry. I was a history major, so really, you know, engineering hey. and math were not my forte. <laughs> I get this. Uh, yeah, I'm right there with you. History majors unite. <laughs> it's actually strange when you serve me well, so I'm very happy about that. But yeah, I like I, I knew like I was like when I was little, I wanted design coasters, and when I got older, I'm like, yeah, I'm terrible at math and terrible at science, so it's probably not the best direction. Um, so I started with the music business. You know, I'm sure most people listening don't even know what that is, but it was if you know Billboard magazine. It was the sister publication to Billboard, dated to the 1890s. 
and was around for the attractions industry for a long time. So it used to be carnivals, all sorts of outdoor uh, entertainment. Uh, I left in 03 and went over to Riot Entertainment, where I was essentially the number second employee to be there. Um, oh, wow. And we had a lot of divisions, but the one I kind of I led for a long time and helped grow was sales. So we repped Gerslauer, Lagotronics, Ropes Courses, Inc., Fun Time, uh, Skyline. We had about eight or nine manufacturers over the years used to rep SNS. So pretty much sales were my forte. And then uh, I decided to leave the company last summer. Obviously, uh, pandemics aren't really great for coaster sales. So like, well, has future doesn't look that great. Why don't I come over to Zamperla and see what's happening? They, they gave me a call uh, a couple months after I left, and I just started uh, January this year. All right. Fantastic. That's awesome. I'm glad to have you on. Happy to be here. Yeah, I get I always get surprised when people can find our little corner of the uh, enthusiast <laughs> realm. But hey, here you are. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird little corner, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Hit it that on is, the nose. <laughs> that is exactly what we aim for, to be fair. A to be a foul. To be fair. Perfect. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to do it for a second, but you did it. Of course I'm going to do it. I have, I have zero self-control. You know this about me. That is well, true. That's true. <laughs> That, that fits on brand. Again, we're just on brand all, all night. <laughs> all night. I'm excited. Um, so I think, uh, Adam, I, I kind of just want to go a little deeper into sales side of things. So, sure. you know, uh, us being enthusiasts, you know, we, we kind of get the engineering side of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we get the, I mean, M- Mark's an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, of course, gets the engineering side of it. Um Having been to IAPA and known each other, we know a lot of the other sides about it. But sales, I, I've I've had a bunch of questions about that for a while, just because I don't know you guys. I don't know if we've really talked to just even here, or just in general, somebody that's been in sales in the industry before. Mm-hmm. Shed mm-hmm. a little bit of kind of like what your routine, what your daily life like. Daily life is, and, and this was when I was at Ride and now is honestly just a lot of phone time. So, or right now, Teams time too. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really just staying in touch with the clients uh, on the phone and then going and seeing them. So, I'm kind of my typical schedule is, I mean, non COVID time. So, let's, you know, put that out there. So, <laughs> yeah. non COVID life, uh, sales is pretty much. I'm on the roads about a third of the year, give or take, uh, just going to see parks and doing presentations. So talking about, you know, the general portfolio or some specific attractions clients may be looking at. And then when I'm here, I'm really working on proposals, just staying in touch with clients, kind of sharing the latest and greatest. And uh, just, you know, also just trying to get to know the park's needs, both as I call them and as I see them, because our goal is really not to go say, you know, this is our latest, this is the disco, you need to buy it, or this is the Moto Coast, you need to buy it. It's really visiting and, and talking with the client, analyzing and saying, what is the best fit here? Because really, you know, good salespeople in our industry are in it for the long game. They're not in it to just get the next deal. So I'd much rather sell something to them that makes sense. Or I told plenty of clients mm-hmm. too, like, we sell that, but it's not necessarily the, you know, when I was at Ride and we had a portfolio, we sell that it's not the best one. Or here I'll say they might be looking for something and I'll say, hey, that that's great. I'm happy to sell that to you, but it doesn't really fit the demographic you're talking to because the right action you're talking about 
is not who you're telling me you want to bring through the front gate. Like you're saying you want to thrill ride, but what you're talking to me about is a 42 inch attraction that is really geared toward families with kids under 10. So it's mm -hmm. trying to understand the park, trying to understand what they're looking to achieve. Yeah, Zamperla has definitely got a, a catalog for every yes. every stretch of the imagination. Yes, yes. yeah. I mean, it's it's really amazing coming here. And you know, Gerslars it was a great company, but certainly uh, smaller and coming over to now selling for Zamperla, where historically they've come out with three to five new rides every year. It's really a whole new world for me. What let do, can you tell us? What not where? But you tell us uh, what was the last sale you had? Uh, well, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'd say the the last big ones was for me was all the stuff because we I don't think we had anything open in twenty for ride because a lot of that was pushed. So a lot of my stuff was uh, the nineteen. So like the Star Flyer uh, that opened at Darien. The mm -hmm. uh, pony track that opened over at Dollywood. Um, mm -hmm. And we had a couple other 19 projects. But the, the big ones for me that I actually I opened in 19 was American Dream. But I actually signed those back in 2012. So oh, nice. it was oh, quite a oh, while. Nice. <laughs> American Dream is a unique one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, was, it was a, a very long, drawn-out project. But uh, I'm thrilled with, with the results that we got. I did the... The two Gerslauer coasters there, the KCL lighting systems uh, on the Gerslauer and the Intamin, and then the adventure course from RCI. Ooh. Nice. That's a, we, we had, um, oh my gosh, what was Andy from uh, Andy KCL? KCL. KCL. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. yeah. We had him on a while back. We haven't, he hasn't dropped in in a while. We got <laughs> yeah. to get he, after him. He used to randomly drop on the show. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he would just randomly pop in and be like, "Hey guys, what you doing?" <laughs> like, oh, recording. Um, <laughs> you throw in some random photos. I'm like, awesome. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, yeah. It's, it's funny enough, specifically of American Dream. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the KCL guys were really fun to work with. I met them. So I sold the monster that opened in '16 at Adventureland, and I just mm -hmm. I was there for opening, commissioning, all that stuff. And I happened to meet Chris, who is the owner just while they were test cycling the lights and i just said this is pretty cool i think we should maybe look at working with these guys and that's that's really how the relationship started just they happened to get the call locally from adventureland for that project and they happened to be there when i was there for the ride opening and it was mm -hmm. really fun guys to work with really creative guys to work with and ladies mm -hmm. there just really cool did you have anything uh with uh hang time as well then Yes, yeah. Sold okay. hang time and worked with Cedar Fair on that. So I did. I sold the ride, and then our company actually installed it. Ride Entertainment installed it, and uh, also sold the lighting system for that. So a lot of phases of that project. Okay, so I'm starting to get a picture of like where your hands have been and starting to intertwine things. Right. Um, man, that is all interconnected. So, um, yeah, it's amazing how tight knit this industry is. Yeah, it's it seems like it's very much, and I'm gonna kind of jump here. Is it kind of like a you know everyone as you've been in it for so long, and it's people move around, and then you just have those connections, or how's that how's that work? Yeah, I I know a lot of people, and our industry is so bizarre because on the one hand it's it's a global industry, but on the other hand it's a tiny industry for serving the world, just because there are only so many companies that make this. So. It's interesting where, I, you know, I've done projects 
all over, like the uh, the Star Flyer that just opened in Bollywood. I sold that at that park back when it was supposed to be Six Flags. But, you know, I, I've gone to Dubai and then just happened to see people I know doing pitches there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. It's really strange because you just bump, you know, trade shows, you definitely see a lot of people. But also, you know, I'll just be in airports and, and bump into colleagues that either I compete against or that sell in the industry. It's really fun that way because, you know, there are only a limited number of manufacturers and even a, a smaller number of good manufacturers for the industry. All right. So here's a question. I'm going to pivot here real quick. One of our uh, one of our buddies, Larson, he wanted to say, without looking, how many ride models in the catalog can you list? Oh. <laughs> 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 Just put you right on the spot. <laughs> so they're asking the coaster guy who's been there a month to, to peel off some ride. Okay, let's see. Let's go. Go big. <laughs> okay. Get in my zone here. All right. So we got... And can I include stuff that's maybe no longer made? Just absolutely sure. Yes. I'll that to you. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. We got uh, Aeromax, Rock and Tug, Power Surge, Nebulous, Log Flume, Vertical Swing, Disco, Twister Coaster, Convoy. Thunderbolt coaster, lightning coaster, moto coaster, so jump around, turbo force, air race, and that's all that's popped my mind right this time. <laughs> hey, that's yeah. a, for a that month, is, that's yeah, that impressive. Is. So bravo right there. Yeah. That is yeah. Uh, very impressive that you could just, inside a month, rattle that off. That's uh yeah, I've, I've worked for my company for three years. I could definitely not name that many things. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to you, sir. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I, I have one question that was great uh, that I thought would be interesting for you was, um, do you know how many rides? I know COVID has done a lot of things to the industry, of course, mm-hmm. we've all. We've all lived it. We all we all know what's kind of where, what's up with it. But uh, do you know how many rides over the next few years? Uh, you can go by uh, major rides, uh, coasters people may recognize um, over like the next two three years that Sam Perla's putting out. That's a great question because <laughs> COVID has definitely screwed things up uh, for our industry as a whole. You know, I, I will say that traditionally we've done kind of on the one hundred and fifty to two hundred rides per year, sort of oh of all gosh. sizes. Yeah, so that, that, that's been, and we were, you know, we've been growing that over the last decade. So I think, you know, no, I, short answer is no, I don't know. Uh, long <laughs> answer is that, I, you know, my gut, and th- this has been reflected and agreed upon by a lot of people I've talked to, is I, I feel like we're just going to have a, an okay year this year park-wise. But everyone I've talked to has been, amazingly optimistic you know i was calling around a lot uh last summer and for a lot of obvious reasons you know people are just not talking about the future they were were concerned Mm -hmm. about getting parks open they were concerned about you know keeping their people on they were concerned about just trying to break even and now even though you know we haven't turned a corner per se but everyone just feels a lot more optimistic when i talk to and see people so i think we're going to get back to that 150, 200. Um, I'm hoping really that we're going to be selling that in 22 to open in 23. And that's where 
our market and sales are going to be going. All right. Well, that's great. Yeah, that's the one thing about having that big of a selection because, you know, a lot of people – I guess, I mean, I, I do too. I, I'm sure these guys do too. Is when you think about the industry, you don't think about everything. <laughs> you, you, you think about, you know, um, the big coasters, you know, the, the big manufacturers that make just coasters. We don't think about everything else, right? Um, and with your catalog, it's insane how many things you can actually build. Right. Yeah. You guys are selling the big parks, small parks, family entertainment centers, <clears throat> carnivals, all that. And that's what's been pretty neat is just our our clientele is, you know, certainly we've worked with the Disney Universal, Six Flags, Cedar Fair, uh, Park is Reunitas, but also just like it's also been really interesting for me to see because I didn't really touch on this before. You know, the guy who's kind of, you know, looking at his mortgage and say, I'm going to take a bet on opening a park and I'm going to buy a few rides and I'm, you know, I have a batting cage and a mini golf course and I'm going to get three Zamperla rides. Like we're kind of his go-to company also. So that, that's mm-hmm. been a part of the, the market segment I never really saw before. And it, it's really neat how many people who uh, are out there kind of put their faith in our company to start to grow their dream. I mean, I think I can speak for the three of us that if any of us were ever in the uh, ability to open up like a, <laughs> a small place like that, we would immediately – like put coasters in there and just be like, let's go. Uh, <laughs> and not who, think about anything else. <laughs> Somebody did that. Was it a, uh, Oh gosh. Um, Clint Novak. Doesn't he run one now? Yes, yeah. he does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's living the dream. So, okay. That's, <laughs> that's immediately who I was thinking of. I was like, man, that's my dream. There's a, like where I live, there's a bunch of like open, like signs everywhere, like f- commercial real estate available. I'm like, Man, if I had the money, that's the best thing ever. Um, sorry, I had to go on my tangent. <laughs> no, that is a real-time dream, I think, for everybody who loves amusement parks in right. general. <laughs> because if you're a fan or even if you visit a park, I mean, who hasn't thought about this is what I'd want my park to look like? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's natural. Yeah, I mean, how many people are playing Roller Coaster Tycoon still? Exactly. Like three days ago. <laughs> I don't know what No Limits is. Obviously, I have no idea what that is. But I've never played that before. You've never, not actively as we speak. Now I feel uh, seen right now. Um, <laughs> I left it open because I didn't want to hit save. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> oh man, good job. Uh, Call me out. <laughs> nice. So, uh, Adam, uh, you, did you go to IAP uh, two years ago? Yes, I, I've been to every IAPA. My first one was 01 and then through 19. Oh, wow. Jeez. Oh, wow. I went to two when I felt accomplished. <laughs> oh, man. Trust me, it's, it's, it's fun, but it, it's a lot more fun to visit than to work there. I can guarantee you. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I, I went and like, so working as, a, as, a, as an enthusiast is just as an, ah, no, no, no. Not just as annoying. I will never compare myself to somebody who actually works. But but having to do with the other side of it, right? It's can be let me tell you about having sore legs at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, man, running booth to booth. Gotta get that oh, reveal, man. Gotta, gotta, gotta get those reveals. <laughs> oh man, starting first thing in the morning, then going till afternoon, then partying all night. Oh now, let me ask you this. Did you enjoy uh, having having uh, the ball with all the other manufacturers out there catching up with everybody at, at, at those IAPA shows? 
Yeah, no, that that honestly for me that's the best part. It's I I have just a ton of people who are good friends, casual friends, and that I I tend to see at the Asia show, European show, and Orlando show every year, and it's great. Just it, it's a it's a really weird friendship, you know. I'll, I'll definitely admit that because we talk on the phone a lot, and then I happen to see them a few times a year. Or if I'm in their town, I'll see them and vice versa. You know, it's not like I've got a bunch of people who are my friends here in Baltimore where I can walk five minutes to their house. But I've also got this random array of friends around the world that I kind of see a few times a year. But we kind of just click back in and have a beer together when I see them. It's really interesting. I I think we can test testify <laughs> to yeah. that being a fact. <laughs> yeah. We know those feels. I want the coming up our, our trip will be the first time i've seen mike in what a year and a half no wow. we, each other. we went we did um the utah and idaho trip in yeah we did utah and idaho June, but it's been so it's, eight months yeah like that's how i yeah we see each other maybe twice a year <laughs> tops yeah yeah, so, yeah no we, we, we definitely feel that for sure <laughs> So speaking of uh, IAPA, Zamperla had a lot of um, uh, reveals this last year. By the way, the Nebulas was a f- was fun. I-, I don't know if you've been on it yet. I have. Yeah. I wrote the one at Coney. I wrote the one at Coney. Oh, you did? Awesome. Nice. Yeah. yeah I, I, did, I don't know if the one on IAPA went to Coney. I don't, I don't remember specifically. I think it did. Um, either way, that was a phenomenal ride. I was not expecting that much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we, got, we had a couple of on-ride photos of myself on there. Oh, Which nice! Is great because they 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 weren't safety protocols <laughs> were, were not always followed there, and uh, took took phone out a few times, took a couple of, when when you were sitting up there like let's eh, take a selfie. Yeah, um, but uh, with that, you know, Luna Park's pretty big for you guys. I feel like Luna is pretty much Zamperla um, home square. It's almost like a proving ground in a sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it honestly isn't a way for us because it, it's turned into this place where we can bring rides and we know that we bring rides there that we know the market's excited about, but they're also obviously new to the New York area. So we can get marketability out of them locally. But also, we love the fact that we can set rides up there, test them, run them, prove them out. So our clients aren't getting true prototypes. So we have clients who can say they're getting the first. Um, Fiesta Texas is a great example of that. Like they're, they're, they had the first super air race, but we had that really kind of proved out more um, over at Coney. So, you know, the goal is to minimize our clients' downtime and just to maximize mm-hmm. their guests having a great time. So Coney works really well because, you know, just it's a fact of the industry that we have very complicated machines that we're putting people on that need to be extremely safe. And, you know, we'd much rather have faults and issues and things we have to work out when we own it, as opposed to it going to a client who really needs to have that, you know, above 97, 98% uptime. And that sort of proving ground allows us to have that unique ability. A lot of our competitors don't. Yeah, you definitely don't see that with every manufacturer, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the, the force of the, of the Zamperla family is and it's just something I've learned a lot about. And it's pretty amazing how forward thinking they are as owners for the company. It's, it's, it's really cool to be a part of something like that. Yep. And speaking of Luna Park, Coney Island, uh, 
what is the possibility of them getting one of those splashdown drop towers? I think very good. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> really, really all COVID related. Um, you know, New York, you know, I, I won't speak for the park just because I haven't been in touch with the state at all um, that, you know, Luna Park has their own team. But I know, you know, just like California and New York, Massachusetts have been very difficult because um, for our industry as a whole, because we haven't really gotten some good direction from the states. Um, and, and that makes it very hard to sort of plan. So I think mm -hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if you see one. The question is just when, based gotcha. upon when we might be able to open this year. Gotcha. That looks... When I first saw that prototype, I was like, first of all, who's making this? <laughs> <laughs> Those things look so wild. Second no, of all, what? <laughs> it, it, I think it's a pretty badass looking ride. It's got a little <laughs> bit of guillotine feel is what pretty much everyone on social media commented. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's really cool. The slicey boy drop. Oh gosh! Right, Mark. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely. Hmm? Oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Oh, I said we definitely talked about it on the show. <laughs> oh, we we <laughs> talked about it a lot. Oh man. I remember actually watching it live because I didn't watch the the POV. Um, I just saw like a snippet of it when I was scrolling through uh, Instagram, and I was like, you know what, we're gonna we're not Instagram, Twitter, and uh, I was like, you know what, we're gonna talk about that <clears throat> this week. Lo and behold, during the show, I watched that that stuff that you guys have on your, the website that promo vid. <laughs> I was like, oh my, what? <laughs> Instantly, it was like, oh, I would need to ride that. And yeah, I'm someone who despises drop towers, and that's like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> well, I'm one who despises getting soaked, and the reason I like it is that they—I mean, our engineers are pretty incredible. So they said we're going to make this awesome guillotine-looking drop tower water ride. But the other cool thing is we can actually can make it get your guess as wet as you want. So there are these baffles that can move in and out, hmm. and so if it's like a hot Texas summer day where your guests want to get soaked. Yeah, we can get you wet. If it's Six Flags New England in October, we can run the ride ride where guests don't get wet at all. So right. we can, it's totally programmable, which I think is great because everyone loves the shoot to shoot concept, but there are mm -hmm. just some days where you don't want to get soaking wet. You know, it just doesn't make sense. And, and I really like the flexibility that our engineers put into that. Yeah, watching, I, I could imagine just a bunch of people behind a gate just standing there ready to get just demolished with a flood of water. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm literally thinking of like just like that hot Texas day in the summer where there's like a thousand <laughs> kids once COVID's over just standing there as a wall of water. Almost, oh, like, yeah. almost like the big kahuna, but like the big guillotine. Like, <laughs> oh the big guillotine. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> oh, oh man! <laughs> so next next fun question we got from our uh, friend of the show, Eric. Um, he wanted to know. Uh, so when you're working with parks, do they tend to um, prioritize visual appeal um, uh, and or marketability or ride experience? That's a great question. Um, I think it sort of ebbs and flows depending on the year. Certainly marketability has been a big thing the last couple of years. Um, but, but I think long-term, people get that you need a mix. So it's sort of what ride you apply it to. Um, mm -hmm. there, I think the difficult thing over the last decade is we've had some clients that have really wanted to put um, or 
marketable taglines, quote unquote, on rides that really didn't need it. Like, yes, I realize that you want, you know, your whole goal is to drive the gate. Um, but the flip side is sort of hard sometimes to, to put sexy marketing tags on rides that they're just not, you know, that's not there. But the ride <laughs> is what we call like a, a guest satisfier. Like a log is a great example. Um, something like Fire Chaser or Dollywood's a great example. They're yeah. not necessarily going to drive the gate to amazing levels, but they're going to offer you repeat ri repeat ridership and repeat visitorship. Mm -hmm. And those are like marketability to get you in the door. You know, creating memories and time with your kids or your grandparents or whatever that is, like that that's what brings you back, in my opinion. So I, I get that parks want marketability, but sometimes I think it's sort of an easy easy way to say we've got the, the tallest of something while you may you may be overlooking the fact that you know your job in a lot of ways is to create memories you know i think hershens you know their kind of company tagline is creating memories worth repeating and i think really our industry as a whole that's what we do is that you know when you go to dollywood you ride an attraction with your parents or your grandparents and as parents you remember that that experience with your kid but as a kid you remember that with your parents also. And I think that's just so important for what we do and kind of how we serve people as a whole. Gotcha. How does that influence your design when you're, when you're getting those type of requests from um, uh, parks out there, it's like, like, especially as from a sales perspective, how does that, how do you inform your uh, um, um, engineers and all that of this is what I'm hearing in the field. What, how, how does that kind of change their outlook on things? Oh, a lot. I mean, we, we, at Zamperla, we talk a lot. There's a ton of interface between the sales team, the engineering team, and the prototyping team. And we really circulate that information just because as a sales team, we're kind of on the forefront of talking with parks, talking with clients. And our goal is to just to make sure that information gets relayed back to the design engineers and saying, this is what parks are looking for. And that's also part of the reason why we come out with several rides a year. So we can come out with that guest satisfier that is a high capacity family ride. We can also come out with that piece that's super thrilling, that looks great on your social media, that, that one image is your marketing campaign and a billboard. And we can come out with that attraction that is going to be there for 10, 20, 30 years because it just has this huge, broad appeal that works for everybody. And but and we really do a lot of internal communication on what clients are looking for to make sure we can hit a lot of different segments when we're designing ride concepts. I'm just going to I got to kind of talk or like verbalize this because Fire Chaser Express was like one of the most surprising rides yeah ever and it's just like that thing always has a line now i'm nowhere close to dollywood but i love going to dollywood <laughs> once a year and i'm not gonna skip that ride because it's it's so much fun you see people like us you know like the super enthusiasts you see the little kids you see the grandparents everyone's able to ride that together and it just goes to show what you guys are able to do in terms of having that connection and just I, I don't feel it would have worked the same necessarily with other manufacturers with that theme and just kind of every, the whole story that built in there that it definitely goes to show, especially with some of the rides you guys are coming out. Like there's definitely that story model in there. That's a huge impact. A hundred percent. I mean, and so much of that credit goes to Hershen too and Dalwood because 
they're so good at storytelling. Uh, I, I've done a bunch of projects with them over the years. Um, you know, on the Gerslauer side, I did Mystery Mind of Fire Chaser. On Zamperla, we provided a majority of attractions for Wildwood Grove. And no matter which project it is, I, you know, I got to hand it to the, both the creative studio at the, at the corporate group, as well as the park itself and kind of executing that vision. You know, they're, they're just so good at, at storytelling. That's kind of the, the overarching theme. And, and they just really know their audience, too. Like, they, they get that parents, grandparents, and kids want to ride together and do that attraction together. And I think... Fire Tracer is a great example of that. Wildwood Grove, which was amazingly successful in terms of attendance for Dollywood, is a great example of that. Like when you when you just get something that people enjoy doing with either their friends or their family, and then want to get back in line and do it again, it's a home run. I mean, I spent my whole opening day for Fire Tracer. I stood at the exit just because I always like to do that whenever we open a big coaster with whoever I work with and. I just stood there the whole day and listened to people getting off. And what was it? It was watching, you know, five, seven-year-olds riding with their grandparents because that's a huge demographic at Dollywood. It was watching kids saying that was kind of their first big coaster. They want to jump on again. And just as someone who's lucky enough to do this is my job, like I couldn't hear anything better than to, to hear – you know, people talking like that as they're getting off of something that I, I got to be involved in. Yeah, that's got to be such a good feeling to hear all that. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I mean, like when I do something like hang time and people are screaming, going crazy, yes, I love that. But I think certainly as I've gotten older, I have kids now, you know, seeing that I'm part of people making memories together, there, there's nothing more, honestly, that I could ask for as a part of this industry. And I, I think that's why I love the industry so much, aside from the fact that I'm a, a big rider myself, is that I, I get to be, you know, kind of a part of people's history and a part of their story. And, and that's, in a lot of ways, an honor. That's the legendary part of what you do, too, is, you know, I think that's something that I think you say everybody strives for whenever you do is just to to, to make something that you're proud of and, and you you enjoy watching other people enjoy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen that echoed company. It doesn't matter who it is, where it is of people that I've met over the years, just that's the same feeling. Uh, and it's great to hear that no matter where you've worked, I know you, you work at Zamperla now, but everywhere to carry that feeling can sometimes be, to be tough for some people, right? Just mm -hmm. to have that, have that, have that true feeling for and, and the desire to make sure that the customer feels joy and happiness from what you create. Um, and, and to be honest, I mean, I know we've felt over the years that sometimes you, you run into a ride or a park that you just, it just feels so soul. It just feels like it just doesn't, doesn't pop like other parks do. Yeah, that's definitely built by the rides. I mean, we talked about Hershey and we talked about Dolly, but you can see that at other places too, even small parks. That's why a lot of people's favorite parks are small gems in the middle of nowhere. Not not always the big 17 coaster parks. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the bottom line is you get when people care, right? Like mm -hmm. if, if whether it's the owner or the park president or the general manager, you know, you can tell when you visit that park and, and there's someone who, is in their office all day or there's someone who is out and about like um i, I know jerry brick fairly well who's up at lake compounds 
And it, he's actually gotten promoted now with Palace. But it, with Jerry, whenever I go to Lake Compounds, he's never in his office. Mm-hmm. He's always out in the midway. He's looking at the food service. He's looking at the staffing. And he's just thinking about, okay, we need to do this. We need to do that. Like, that's someone who cares about the park. And that's someone who cares about the experience that they're delivering to their guests. And I can guarantee you that his guests, they, they, they don't know Jerry, obviously, but they appreciate the fact that their experience is made better because they feel like someone cares about it. You know, you just know it's there when you visit a park like that. Right. Oh, oh, I burped. I burped. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I took a sip and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I was going to say words. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me grab this next one. So this is uh, from uh, one of our good friends, John Mike. He's a, uh, what is one model or uh, coaster concept? If you could revive it, what would it be? Hmm. Oh yeah, throwing no a curveball at you. No pressure there. <laughs> We're not no all pre- listening and waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think the sexy answer would be something like the Traver coasters, just because they were sort of batshit insane. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, that's there. You. Oh. I mean, they, yes. like they were just—they really shouldn't have been built. <laughs> I don't think they could be <laughs> the standards, but. They, they were they were just insane, and I, I would love to ride something like that. I wouldn't want to own it, but I'd love to ride <laughs> something like that. <laughs> yeah, they definitely didn't know what they were doing back then. No, it, it was yeah, kind of a you know a weird combination of uh, sort of witchcraft and engineering hybrids <laughs> going on. <there>. Yep. <laughs> 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 I just oh, thought of something gosh. in my mind. Uh, uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> All right. You don't want to share with the class? <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh, gosh. I'll, I'll talk about it after. <laughs> All right. So next question. This one's from Aaron. Uh, any new takes on classic flat rides that Samperla is considering? Short answer, yes. And I can't go into a lot more than that. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, Leave it up to our imaginations. Yeah, we'll we'll leave it up to the imagination. Yes. (laughs) I always think that. What? So, um, I think of uh, the one thing that I think of was uh, Endeavor came out Mm -hmm. um, with Mm -hmm. uh, the Next Generation Enterprise. That was the one big thing that kind of caught the eyes when we saw that. We were like, "Ooh, that could be." Ooh, there's a lot of those older models out there. That's like a staple in every single park. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are going end of life. Oh, they're beyond end of life now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, the Schwarzkopf ones. Uh, yeah, I think the Schwarzkopf and Huss ones came out around the same time, and yeah, they they definitely. I mean, they they're not they weren't badly engineered. They would certainly not meet today's engineering standards, but just um, from a fatigue standpoint, just a lot of them being retired because they're they're sort of you know, you, you can only uh, buff out the steel so long before there's no more steel there. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, it, 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 yeah, I mean, I I think Hus came out with the ride first, I think. Um, but it, it's a great ride and a great concept. And I think Zamperla did a really nice job creating saying, we're going to keep that experience but make it, you know, open air, open cabin, mm-hmm. because that's what guests want to. They don't want to be just shoved in something, especially on a hot day. And yeah. the ride, I went on the one at Coney when I was there. It was a great ride. I forgot. I rode the uh, Witch's Wheel at Cedar Point. Was it Witch's Wheel at Cedar Point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I rode that like the year it was going to close. 
Uh, and I hadn't ridden an Enterprise in years, it felt like. I got on that and I was like, holy crap. <laughs> I forgot how crazy this is. Because I don't, I, I get vertigo, surprisingly. I ride a, a, a ton of coasters, but I can't ride. Like, funny enough, we were just talking about this, how, because we're, we're, you know, you get older, you can't quite do the spinniness anymore. <laughs> and I, I definitely have felt that over the years of, I used to be able to, you know, Cedar Point being the place, I used to be able to ride like Skyhawk and um, uh, the Hus Frisbee, Max Air all the time. Yeah. Now I'm like one ride. I'm like, yep, that's it. I'm gonna yeah, sit out about half an hour. Yeah, I'm gonna yep. have a seat now. <laughs> I'm at the point where I just have to like sit out now, which is like so upsetting <laughs> to me. It's like, oh, you know, it's spinning more than like a little bit. Yeah, I'll uh, see you guys at the exit. I'll do that. <laughs> Unless I need the cred, then it's like, okay, well, suck it up. <laughs> I'll suck it up for that. Shame in numbers. <laughs> oh. I- yeah, I've been pretty good on that so far. It's, it's honestly to me that the biggest thing that gets me now is not like a something like a top can. It's more like a tilt a whirl where you just go crazy. Oh that's my god! Yeah. That's, that's what triggered it for me, and I've never recovered. <laughs> I I used to be able to ride those religiously when I was like in high school, but I won't even get on one now because I know I'll be down for the cow for an hour. Yeah, they can be nasty. <laughs> Especially if you have somebody else controlling the spin. Exactly. Oh, that's the bad news. <laughs> See that I'm I'm curious now because we're I mean when we're at Fiesta Texas they're doing their soft opening for their um, sky race. I've never done one before or the air race. Sorry. Um, I'm interested how I'm gonna recover from that after. You know, say it's me and Marcus. Marcus is probably going to go crazy spinning that sucker <laughs> and see how many times we can go. And, oh yeah, uh, then I'll I'll pass out after I get right. <laughs> we'll both just be like sitting there, like, why did we do this? And yeah, I'm I'm interested how because I'm sure you've seen the videos of people like going for as many times as they can, like sixty four flips in a cycle, and I'm just like, no, no, thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I, I think oh. the the air race is one that shouldn't get you too sick because that one actually we that one is based actually a lot on um, a fighter pilot and like a zero g roll. So okay. it rolls Ooh. around. It's a heartline roll. So it shouldn't feel like a natural motion to you. So we found that less guests get sick on that compared to kind of other inverted flat rides because it feels more like a natural motion. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now I'm more excited. Like I just got a lot more excited about it. I'm like, ooh, okay. Don't so, yeah, look, don't be pissed at me when you puke. But it, <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna immediately call you out. I'm like, he said I wasn't gonna get sick. <laughs> Let me ask you this real quick, just on a side tangent on that. Do you have uh, an, an unpublished index of how often rides will make somebody nauseous? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I can't say from my previous experience that um, a lot of times, especially for the companies that, that do a lot of heavy prototyping, those generally don't get out to market much. Um, and I think the most, and certainly that's what today, I mean, I remember uh, back in the day, Chance had, like when you guys know the zipper, obviously. Like yeah. when that when that came out, they had ones called wet job models, and those <laughs> the the early ones um, 
I believe both RPMs for, for both sets of spin were much higher than they are now. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. No. So they were oh, called no. I think it was the first three or five were called wet job models because you people were spraying puke all over on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh because I wanted to say that, that came out in the late sixties. So they were and they were owned by oh. Carnival, so a little different than today. But Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wet job models. Oh man. That is fantastic. <laughs> That's right. the best thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> I'm like oh. cringing thinking of that right now. Like, oh gosh. Just, oh. Car- I can just Car- feel myself on a zipper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, so got another question for you, Adam. We have plenty of them. <laughs> um so uh, one of our one of our, our, our Twitter fans, uh, he didn't get his name. It's just NJ. I think it's from New Jersey. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, so he wanted to know. Uh, you guys have a, as you mentioned earlier, and we've we've seen you guys have a pretty extensive catalog. Um, what do you feel is probably the most unique and different ride type that Zamperla offers? Honestly, I got I, I I know it's the one we most recently introduced, but I gotta say the Nebulous. I mean, that, that thing is just so different. A, it's so different from really anything else I've seen. B, it's got a 42-inch height requirement, which as a sales guy, like I really zero in on that. And just that most of your park guests can ride that. Like, I think it's just a, a really cool ride to ride. And it's a really cool ride to watch. So it, it's it's pretty awesome from my perspective. Yeah, for sure. I know I mentioned it earlier, but that was definitely one of the highlights of uh, of IAPA for me was riding mm-hmm. that surprise left field. Like, whoa! Yeah, that was a good time. I can't wait till I get a chance to get on one. I I, I was watching the video here, just mesmerized. I'm like, this is just it's mesmerizing to watch. It's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I just can't wait to you know I'm gonna be the echo chamber real quick and. <laughs> Oh, there's one at Adventure Dome. We got to go to Vegas. Oh, I mean, <laughs> is this a portion of the podcast where I start trip planning? Oh gosh, it's a little later than normal, but <laughs> that's quite on brand. That is very on brand. <laughs> oh man, Fiesta. To be fair, mm-hmm. to be fair, to be fair, it's twice in one show. Look at us. Um, <laughs> so we know we mentioned before Luna Park is kind of one of those you could call it staging ground <laughs> as it were for Zamperla. Uh is there any other parks out there? Uh that's another good question from our friend Branderson. Are there any other parks out there that you kind of use? Ah, I don't know if you use them, but they're really interested in those types of of um, um using themselves as like a staging ground, getting new models quicker, faster, possibly even cheaper. Um like a package park a, almost. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, no. Like at least right now, the the market for the last couple of years has been much more. Yeah, on the one hand, they, they want to say they're the first to market, but on the other hand, they want to say they have something that has minimal uptime and a lot of runtime. So they, you know, it's kind of hard to, to meet both those requirements. Um, but yeah, I'd say in general, a lot of clients are, are coming to us just really looking to looking for something different. And I think that's somewhere where obviously Zamperl has excelled a lot is offering a lot of different products to market. Um, we certainly had a good relationship with Six Flags with uh, attractions like the Giant Discovery. 
that they've put sort of throughout the chain. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, but for us, it's really been, I think, working with different client groups one-on-one, seeing what they want, because, you know, they all have different needs. Six Flags has a certain business model. Cedar Fair has a certain business model. Mm-hmm. And just working with all those individually to make sure that they're getting the best return on their investment. I know it's, it's not not the sexiest thing, but but from a business standpoint, is that that's really the, the relationships we have with all these different properties um, is making sure we're giving them something that hits the metrics that they're looking for. Because honestly, you know, if you look at whether it's a big players or family players, they have different goals when they add rides. And we're really working to try and make sure that we can, you know, satisfy all of their, their different needs, uh, whatever they may be, whether it's marketability, whether it's a wide variety of attractions, whether it's a big kitty ride area, just hitting all those. I am, I am excited for everything that you guys ever have to offer. Cause whenever I see one, it's always one of those, okay, that's going to be different. <laughs> and looking at your catalog, I, to be honest, I mean, because, because Zamperla may not be one of the, and I've learned a lot about the industry over the last couple of years <laughs> from, from visiting IAPA. Um, but, uh, uh, it's one of those, um, you know, kind of, Hey, let's, um, expand out and look at other, what these type of, of manufacturers do, mm-hmm. what they, what they, what else they expand to. Right. And it's, it's helped, it's helped my vision at least brought it from what we, what we originally did. Mm-hmm. So, or what, what a lot of people, especially in the industry as, as, as fans of the industry originally looked at things wise. So, yeah, and, and I think that the for me that I, I've always enjoyed, I, I got the ability um, when I was with Ride and now to, to sell for family owned companies, uh, which is something that I think is very different. And I've I really appreciate because there are certainly companies out there that are owned by their private equity firms or much larger firms or companies that build highways, you know, a little bit of everything. But working for a family owned company that has their own distinct vision is really cool because they come up with a lot of neat shit, but also <laughs> it's really fun because when the family name is on the door, there's sort of a, a different client relationship and, mm-hmm. and people take responsibility differently. So like every ride is going to have problems, but I feel like working with a family owned company, you know, they're going to back it up, but also with the family owned companies I've worked for, you know, especially Zamperla, they, they're just really willing to kind of do some cutting edge stuff. And I can't say a whole lot now, but I, I think both on the coaster ride side and flat ride side, we're, we're even going to be debuting some stuff over the next year that people would not have thought of. Whether it's new ride concepts they wouldn't have thought of, period, or new ride concepts they wouldn't have thought of with Zamperla, we're going to be rolling a lot of that out over the next year. And I think a lot of that initiative beca- is is because we're a family-owned company that instead of pulling back during COVID is kind of doubling down on their innovation. You, you just kind of kind of took the sale out of my next question. That I had. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of works perfectly. So uh, next one that we had, and then I can we can kind of pivot this in. But like. Um, are there any plans of Zamperla diving into building larger scale coasters? And then we can kind of just piggy this with um, like kind of the history of coasters with Zamperla. You know, it's a family brand, but like how have they developed and grown to what they are now? Sure. So 
short answer to the first question, we're going to be building some big, cool stuff. <laughs> That's the easiest way to say it. Okay. Um, I'll do – we'll see how in-depth you want me to go with my soliloquy on um, what we're, how we've changed in our history. Um, so, so I'll kind of surmise it the best I can. But basically, for a long time, we did the uh, – whether it was called a dragon coaster or a tornado, it was the powered coaster. It's a canopy lake. It's a valley fair. It's a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of our coaster staple. Um, and then we kind of upped our game a little bit. We, we started doing the twister coasters. Uh, really big changes were we did the Volare and we did the Moto Coaster, and kind of the goals behind both of those were they came on a base frame, so you know a, a client could finance the whole thing instead of putting money in the ground and foundations. They were marketable, they were unique, um, and then we kind of grew. We did the uh, Thunderbolt at Coney, and for us that was really a big watershed moment because that particular ride. You know, we went from pitch, hey, we can do this, to opening it in about a year. And that means, yeah. So we did vehicle design, centerline design, structural design, foundation design, put the thing up and got it running in a year. And as a company, we can say, is it a perfect roller coaster? No. But is it pretty amazing what our, our team did in a year? Yes, but part of the reason why I joined the company is because they, you know, when I I talked to them, they told me, they said, it was really neat that we did that, but we want to do more and we want to do it better. All right. And so, so really over the last, we've done a kind of a lot of the unsexy work, let's call it, (laughs) um, since the Thunderbolt. So we we did the project at Universal in 2015 with Puss in Boots, which was a custom um, we call it the nine inverted. That's the model, but it's, it's a suspended coaster completely custom. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people who know Disney universal, like just when you're working in that realm from, from a, whether it's a paperwork perspective or a QA perspective or a FAT, um, factor acceptance perspective, they just ask more than other people do. So we, that was where we sort of leveled up and, and to, to, to kind of sidetrack a little bit, Zampro as a company really had a huge moment when we did a, a huge basket of attractions for Disneyland Paris. That was kind of a, a, a huge change in the company because at that time we had been known for family attractions and some big stuff. But then we moved and we did a bunch of huge thematic rides for Disneyland Paris. And, you know, everyone in the industry was like, man, this company is kind of here to play. Yeah. And I think, and while outwardly Puss and Boots may not have that, inwardly it did because it really made us sort of level up our engineering expertise and how we do things. And that kind of continued our mission after the Thunderbolt because, you know, everyone said the Thunderbolt's a really fun ride, but it's not as good as we can make coasters. So ownership and the engineering team and the coaster team said, okay, we can do better. And they made a plan to improve their quality assurance, improve their fabrication. So we did the the universal ride. A few years later in 2016, we got the contract for the super twister that went into Warner Brothers Abu Dhabi. And 2018, we opened that. We opened the factory coaster at uh, another property in China. And those rides from a ride experience standpoint were even better. 
And then in 2019, we opened a ride at, uh, I'm gonna screw this up because my, my Spanish pronunciation is not good, at uh, Munda Pepta in uh, Guatemala. Uh, we had a Thunderbolt there and that Thunderbolt was really smooth, really well designed. And we kind of realized a lot of the, the uh, engineering and fabrication goals that we'd worked toward came to fruition there. And then last year we opened a, a coaster at Ferrari World, a junior coaster, where we worked with uh, Ferrari, who is obviously extremely particular about their IP, rightly so. And oh, yeah. so we, we've come up with a lot of these stepping stones, we think, to creating great coasters. And that, and that sort of formed the basis for what we're going to be launching in this next year. I was going to say that the, the biggest change that I've seen from you guys over the last decade has really been from Thunderbolt to your most recent attractions, the original <laughs> Thunderbolt. And, and, and because you can tell um, you guys were still, you know, you were, you were really working up to f- refining your craft, right? But yeah. when, when you try to go big, you may not always get it right. You see it from every manufacturer. doesn't matter who it is, when it was. Um, even from, you know, B&M, their first one still is not that good, but <laughs> you look at what they're doing now, it's a completely different ball game. They've had, they've had a couple of decades to get down and sit it down. Right. And you guys, I think you've stepped your game up, obviously. Um, and I'm, I'm enormously curious and seeing some of the stuff that you guys have put in roller coaster database is phenomenal with, <laughs> with helping out <laughs> to, to show a lot of what, what you guys have done, but. Um, I'm, I'm incredibly interested that see what, so do you know specifically, can you give any more, um, non-trade secret, uh, changes that you've made to, to kind of like your design and fabrication? Honestly, the, you know, and this is, this is just not us. It's a lot of manufacturers. Like one big thing we just found was that we had, like, we, we've got this great engineering team and I mean, I'm sort of honored here. I get to come you know, talk to you guys have a has been bringing some top coasters, but we've got 20 people back in the coaster engineering team in Italy, and I get to speak for them tonight. But what we were finding is, you know, what we we're putting in the computer wasn't coming out in the pipes, essentially. So, mm-hmm. you know, we weren't we weren't as precise as we wanted to be, and we've really worked to make sure because when we went back and looked at it, man, do we, you know, you know, you always do self-evaluation. Do we script the engineering? Do we script the installation? Do we script the fabrication? And it was really looking and saying, our engineering was really good. Like we, you know, we've, we've talked to other third parties and they're like, your stuff is on par with Stengel. Like that, that's where we are from an engineering standpoint, mm-hmm. which is to me is super impressive. But we're having issues is translating that over to fabrication. And that's what we've really worked on is making sure that what our designers come up with gets translated into the track when it's shipped and that's translated into the ride installation. And it's it's definitely hard, but we feel we with what we've learned and, and also what we've executed in the last five years that we feel very comfortable we can get there. And that's why we're going to show you some pretty crazy shit in the next year. <laughs> and, and there are going to be some people like, like, Oh man, Zamperla, do they, can they really do that? And that's why if you only know us, maybe from the Valari, you say, well, maybe they can't do that. But if you've actually <laughs> heard the story of the engineering, the time dedication and what we've done, I think people would be very comfortable with us as a coaster manufacturer. And our goal is to really be, you know, a player over the next five years and kind of stand toe to toe with innovators in the industry. 
Yeah, I think that that's the the interesting thing about uh, a lot of people is that they they kind of judge you guys on the Valar and mm-hmm. um, w- what that was, which was still a long time ago. For for most of those rides, they're pretty old. Yeah, and comparatively to where you've refined your manufacturing style, uh, your design, um, and and seeing you know going back, you got to go back pages and pages just to see the last time a, a Valar was even created. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's because yeah, uh, I, um, I, I think that came out in Note Two. You know, it was our first one. Um, mm-hmm. So and I'm not going to sit here and say I was the best coaster ever, um, but it. On the one side, it was not the best ride experience. On the other side, it had really good bones in terms of downtime and other things. And I think what we've done is we've sort of taken, you know, downtime's a huge issue, um, parts, service, all those things we're really good at. But we realize that we're not we're not perfect at everything, and we're going to try and get better. And and that's sort of another reason I joined the company was uh, all of my conversations with whether it was family members, whether it was the sales team or the coaster engineering team, everyone's attitude is we've had some home runs. We've had some coasters that weren't that great, but we're going to do some really cool shit over the next couple of years. And we're going to make some great coasters. And I I just love that attitude because having the honesty to say, We've built some good rides. We've built some bad rides because for the most part, every manufacturer has, but mm-hmm. just some people, you know, aren't willing to admit that to themselves. I yeah. love the fact that I'm coming in and people are saying, we're going to innovate and just outwork the competition because we want to be one of the best in the industry. That's what me, you know, really made me sign on to the company. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 great, and that's what that's what really what you want to see. And I will say this, just as a a kind of a comparison, you see this from I don't know if you've been following social media for Kentucky Kingdom at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's one of those guys. Uh, and we've had Je- we've had Jefferson on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're a social media guy, and he they 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 know it. And when you recognize it, and you can embrace the good and the bad. Because everybody knows T three is not the best ride in the world. Yeah. But <laughs> hey, you know the, the 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 general public loves it. Enthusiasts may not be huge fans of it, but hey, you know let's have a little fun with it. Let's enjoy it. And when you get the buy in, that's the key. I, I've always felt if you've gotten the buy in from everybody in the in from the top down, of and Ed Hart's phenomenal with that. This is a good thing again, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get the top down in, in, in agreement that hey, this is something that yeah, it's a thing. But you know what? We can get past that. We can go we can go higher, harder. Uh, better, faster, stronger, right? To mm-hmm. quote Kanye West. Um, <laughs> I'm so mad at you right now. Did you just quote Kanye? Yes. What's we made one? it 121 episodes. In the- <laughs> oh, there's no way we haven't quoted him before this. Oh, the, well, I didn't actually say I quoted Kanye before. So <laughs> true. <laughs> okay, here's a question I have to ask. Um, Thunderbolts, um, the seating arrangement, three across. Mm-hmm. Is there something specific, like specific, why it's three across? Because it just seems like such an odd number. And yes, that was on purpose that I said odd. Number. Did you really just You're do that? Smart. Yes, did I you, did. Did you really just call Quan Kanye West again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so that was sort of a lot of things, kind of you know coming to fruition at once. So it was, yeah, definitely us having that short timeline it was also 
looking at Coney, and Coney is, I think, I, I'm sure you guys have been there. You know, it's definitely a different beast than most park going experiences. Um, mm-hmm. And there are a ton of single riders there. And so for that specific Coney application, it made a lot of sense because you get um, single riders, you get a lot of people on dates, you don't get a ton of families on the Thunderbolt because they ride the Twister or the Circus Coaster. Um, so that that really made sense to just have that kind of unique seating arrangement. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, so it worked there. And we just, since we did it, like, okay, we'll roll that on other Thunderbolts. But the, that's why we also came out. I don't know if you guys were able to see the, the Lightning vehicle that was yep. high up in 19. Yep. Yep. Um, and, th- and we basically said, well, the Thunderbolt worked, but it wasn't ideal. Really, you know, having four across, having an even number is better. Um, mm-hmm. but, but again, what I like about the company is we didn't just say, okay, we'll, we'll make a Thunderbolt vehicle for a cross. They said, okay, well, if we're going to redesign it, we're going to take it and we do totally new restraints, totally new seats. Um, <clears throat> I, I don't know if you guys got to see kind of under the hood at all, but yep. it's actually a, um, a aluminum, no aluminum. And we, you know, from a engineering standpoint, I'm not an engineer, so, you know, don't yell at me when I say this. <laughs> one of the big things is that we, when we talk to parks is a huge off-season cost is maintenance and NDT. And what we're able to do is I think we're down to two welds on that. It's all the rest is oh, bolted. Wow. And there are oh, no wow. welds. So you're taking something where the Thunderbolt vehicle you know, and transforming that into a piece of um, machined aluminum that has two welds on it. And, you know, your ownership cost, your kind of cost over five, 10 years changes drastically. So again, Zamperol is not just saying, oh, we're, you know, let's add another seat. They're saying, okay, their seat should be better. The seat should be better. Are the people who buy our rides need to spend less time and money maintaining them? So let's redesign the entire chassis. So that's the kind of work they're putting into it. So that, you know, that's why I feel comfortable kind of talking to you guys and saying, I think we're going to be innovators in this space because we're doing things that kind of legacy coaster manufacturers haven't stepped up to the plate and done yet. Yeah, I will say, I, I happen to be like, I'm pretty sure I took some goon shots of the underneath. <laughs> oh, <garage>. definitely. <laughs> I just went through my phone. Yeah. Yep. There's some super goon shots underneath there. <laughs> some great detail underneath those trains. I was like, I knew I took photos of those somewhere. <laughs> yep. Right in my phone. <laughs> yeah, when the guys, when the engineers told me, I was like, I, you know, I was talking to the like, I thought they misspoke. I thought they might have said, you know, 12 or 22 but like no two two welds on like oh shit that's impressive yeah yeah (laughs) and i know the the inner inner engineer and mark is absolutely adoring that right now Oh yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes all you need is a a little avenue into the methods behind the madness and then it all makes a ton of sense like what you said about the three across seating that makes total sense now but it was something that kind of bewildered a lot of people when they first saw thunderbolt um when it was announced yeah yeah no, i can definitely see that yeah you know us goons overanalyze everything <laughs> <laughs> so um speaking of, of coaster concepts are there any other things you can you can tease on the show 
I, I can do a lot of teasing. Unfortunately, I can't give a lot of details. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> I, hey, we, we get it. Well, listen, we, we, we visited last last summer. We visited a couple of manufacturers, and we had that same same skinny. So <laughs> we understand completely. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. yeah. We, teasing's more fun, in fact. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I won't touch that one, but yeah. Um, so, so for us, I think the big thing is that we're going to be debuting a lot of concepts between now and IAPA. Um, and that's coasters, that's flat rides, because obviously, um, with you know life in 2020, uh, changed a whole hell of a lot. So what we said is we're going to share these concepts with you know our buyers, with our fans between now and the show. So it, you know if you're on social media, just follows Imperial Rides, and we're going to be kind of displaying and breaking down these concepts for everybody starting next month. So instead, you know, usually at the show, we do this big press conference, here's what's new. Now we're going to give everybody this video and concept kind of one or two a month starting next month up until IAPA. And then you'll be able to actually come to the show and ride some of them. Ooh. So it's, it's certainly a different approach for us, but we think it's going to be pretty cool and, and kind of a nice way to, you know, merge technology and just, the way you know we can talk about rides and share them with people with just the realities of uh, trade shows look a little different right now, but we're extremely optimistic that we can have some good ones this fall. Um, so yeah, just uh, like, subscribe, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Smash that like button. Yes. <laughs> and we are going to show some pretty cool concepts and. Uh, historically, I really respected the company because, like in in two thousand one, obviously things were not great in our industry. Then two thousand eight, um, Zamprola historically has really doubled down on innovation and putting out new attractions, um, while a lot of other people kind of hold back. Understandably, uh, the the ownership's opinion is really now's the time to show people what we can do, and this year we're going to be debuting probably more new attractions than we've ever done before. So I'm really excited. I've seen bits and pieces. I honestly, I still haven't seen everything. Um, But what I've seen are some attractions that uh, definitely are innovative, not just in Zamperla space, but are going to be some first of the industry concepts. All right. Ooh, ooh! First of the intro. Oh man, I'm <laughs> okay. excited. I'm excited. Now we really got to get ourselves to IAP this year. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, as long as there's an after party, they're gonna be an after party. <laughs> Zamperla sponsored. Oh, now I'm excited. Sure. I mean, we. Sure. Are... <laughs> I'm there. Let me let me book my flight right now. Oh my <laughs> I mean, right now is definitely time to book it too. You pay like thirty bucks round trips, so. <laughs> right? It's, it's incredible. It's incredible looking at that stuff. I'm like, how long until I can travel? Because I, I got the itch right now. <laughs> yeah, sure. it's, it's been rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This last year has been. I think it's rough for everybody. Just because I think as all of us, uh, you know, yourself included, of course, is used to traveling. Right, mm-hmm. we're used to just going to parks. We had, I mean, last year we went to to Utah just out of the out of left field and um uh and we visited uh, a couple of parks there visited uh 
SNS and RMC, and it was a good time. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, it it was that was pretty much it. We went to a couple of uh, smaller events, but nothing major. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, we had four. I think we had what four four trips planned last year, guys. That's and right. They all got yeah, canceled. We a, yeah, we had a lot planned, and then it just... a lot of travel. Yeah. yeah, and there's so much uncertainty right now. It's like I'm hesitant to plan anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that is yeah. why I'm lucky being in Baltimore, having a, like Southwest as our hub here. Cause I can just book stuff and then oh, <laughs> cancel no problem. There you go. Yep. <laughs> I've never even been to Baltimore's airport. Is it is it a big one? I'd say yeah, probably medium large. Yeah, like Southwest is certainly ex- we're their East Coast hub, and they've invested a lot over the last twenty years. So it's it's pretty mm. sizable, and definitely if you're flying into. DC. I'd much rather fly into Baltimore than Dallas any day of the week. All right. <laughs> now, no, 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 next time I got to fly there, which is not that far of a drive, you'd be surprised from Ohio. It's still a little bit painful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, oh, we know. Because <laughs> you, you get, you, it's really going over the Appalachian Mountains. That's where it really gets you. <laughs> you don't think about it until you're doing it. Then you're yeah. like, oh. It oh. can be painful sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yes, it is. I drove it last year. I remember it. It was terrible. Oh, I think I had cruise control. <laughs> oh, man, so so you're you're recently changed. I saw that. Um, um, also, you got a new CEO. Yes, yes. Um, so Antonio, who is uh, third generation, um, so his grandfather actually started the company. Um, so he spent a lot of time in. <clears throat> Silicon Valley, actually, about five years over there. Okay. Um, so he's brought a lot of technological aptitude, I think, to the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just big picture things like we're doing. Well, let me talk small picture first. So small picture things like Microsoft Teams, you know, just so we can actually talk a lot, which has been really nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But big picture things like we have virtual AR now where we actually can do um, use AR to do installations and maintenance support and uh, troubleshooting that that and we're using Microsoft technology for that. Um, so just kind of bringing things that I think a lot of traditional companies in our industry don't think about. He's bringing kind of the technology application to it where you know that was actually how we installed our uh, ride at Ferrari world last year was we had the AR set up and we could interface directly with the team installing it who are local and get it installed in commission without our staff being there, which okay. is huge. Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's enormous. Wow. Yeah. And, and that's a, kind of another reason why I have a lot of confidence in the company is because we're doing stuff like that where other companies just aren't even thinking of it. They're just like, okay, well, you got to open your ride in mm-hmm. 21. Too bad. We can't get people over there until 22. You got to postpone another year where we can – not only do we have six offices around the world, we've got this virtual AR set up where, you know, it, for installations, but also troubleshooting, we've worked with some clients who just had some really, you know, some issues getting things up and running, you know, after they were down during COVID and not, we, we do more than FaceTime. We're using the AR or our text can actually like right on the screen, the person on site can see it. And then that just takes troubleshooting from hours to a few minutes, say, okay, you know, you need to take this, this, and I'm using very non-technical terms here. It's not my thing, but, you know, re- replace this bearing, this gear is stripped. Um, it, it's something certainly more complicated than that, but they can highlight things on the screen that the maintenance tech sees on site. 
And it's so much easier than trying to do it via FaceTime or just over the phone. It's it's game changing. Okay. Yeah, and that's one of those things that really sets you apart from everyone else. Yes. Yeah. So far, we're the only ride manufacturer that I know who's even attempted something like that. I hear good things coming from that one. <laughs> yeah, that'll pay off. That'll pay off big time. Yeah, no, Antonio has been very big on tech, and I like it because his approach is not saying tech can solve everything, but it's how can we integrate tech to make our customers' lives better, which I think is a great approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and changing tech, and I think all three of us can agree with that because we, we've been – uh, in certain degrees involved in some sort of tech changes in, in our respective uh, careers themselves and seeing how the, especially over the last year, mm-hmm. how these type of things, because not only is it easier from a pandemic standpoint for you guys to do that, uh, but it's also, you know, from a cost saving standpoint, right? As you said, you don't got to send somebody across the world to try to fix something. Totally. Uh, you can go online real quick and spend 15 minutes, boom, you're done. Yeah. So, yeah. And for us, it's not, you know, saying we're we're going to go all virtual and eliminate everything else. It's finding a balance, right? So yeah. we're going to, when that virtual AR makes sense, we're going to implement it. When you're having a big problem and you just you've got to have somebody who's got 20 years experience working at Zamperla rides at your park, we're going to give you that. So we can work either way. It's not it's not an either or situation. It's finding, from a financial standpoint, from an uptime standpoint, what makes sense for the client. We've seen just people like, you know, close parks to us, right? I mean, you, how much downtime new coasters have because they got to ship out a part mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. didn't identify it was the wrong part. They got to get an engineer on site when in reality, oh, they could have popped somebody online for five minutes and, mm-hmm. and, and figured out what it was. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I that's 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 a surprise. I did not expect uh, you to bring that up, but that's phenomenal because, I, you know, again, all three of us are, are kind of jumping that tech ship as well um in our respective careers so that's that's awesome that's awesome yeah it's been a really good integration into the company you know and and it it sort of surprises me sometimes that i think considering the high-tech applications that i'm speaking of the industry as a whole that we see that we sometimes hold on to the past a little too much i think sometimes and don't embrace you know we'll, we'll embrace limbs or lsms but maybe not other things that could make everyone's lives easier uh-huh. And, and I think that really moving forward, the successful companies are going to be the ones that find that balance between, you know, human interface and also integrating technology in a way that makes sense. Because you don't want to turn everything over to tech, mm-hmm. but there's certainly some things that whether it's cost, whether it's time, it just makes sense to use those applications. Right. Yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the day, and and I know from my focus is anything that can save the uh, the customers that are riding the stuff that you built time and get them up and running and rolling is going to be the thing that's going to benefit the most. And that's what people hear about. That's mm-hmm, what people mm-hmm. see. I mean, you look at just us alone. You know, we we hear about the downtime, but it's like, uh, if we don't hear about the downtime, that's a good thing. Yes. yes. That part's yep. always up. Um, they may not always be up, but they're always up because <laughs> 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 the manufacturer knows what they're doing. So big ride or small ride. So yep. yeah, no, that's great. Um, okay. Well, Andy, Andy, I said it. I said it to start. I would do it right. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's literally on the screen. I wow. I said <laughs> you, you owe him a beer. Yeah, I do. Who the hell's Andy? Who is Andy? Who's this Andy guy? Right. I have a friend named Andy. Adam. 
I've known I've known an Andy my entire life. It's it's it, my sure, old boss. Sure. Andy, no, it's fine. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, on his behalf, and I I will buy you a beer. Please, just ignore him right now. I'll I'll buy you two. It'll be good. Well, all three of us will get you a beer and and and. <laughs> But, um, Adam, it has been uh, fan- fantastic having you on the show. I think we can all all agree. Um, talking with you is very insightful. Again, Zamperla is not always something that enthusiasts like us think about as you know top of the industry, right? And hearing some of the insights has enormously changed my mind for sure. Definitely. I'm excited. <laughs> So well, I, I, we're here to change the game. So I, I'd love to come back on after a couple of years, after some of the things that we've done, and uh, see what you guys think. Oh, oh absolutely, no. for sure. You you will always be welcome back. <laughs> Let's just say that. If you have a random news that you want to pop in, just shoot us a, a message. We'll gladly get you. I'm give you guys some hot takes or something. Oh, oh man. Listen. You know we're all about those hot takes. So. Oh, it's getting toasty in here. I like it. You got it. <laughs> well, let me ask you just to finish off the show. Do you have any uh, any any takes you want to throw out there? Oh, hot takes. Sure. So one would be, uh, I would say Voyage is the worst of the three wooden coasters <gasps> at Holiday World. Oh my oh, gosh! Wow! Enough. Oh, that's hot. That is a jack level hot take. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is that is smoking. I'm not saying it's a bad ride, I'm just saying it's the worst of the three. Okay, so then I have to ask which one do you think is the best then? I I still probably gotta go Raven. Okay. I was I was about to say we're done here if you said Legend. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) Legend is a lot better than people say it is. It is since they retract it, definitely. I mean, wow, voyage! All right, all right. That is very spicy. Okay, one more thing. <laughs> um, do you count your coasters, and if so, what's your count? Uh, I do count. I, I, I honestly don't remember because it's been so damn long since I looked at the list. <laughs> I want to say it's at like six or six fifty at this point. All right, nice. All right. I, you, I was really hoping you, you were going to say, oh, it's not that much, like 6 six fifty. <laughs> that would have been even better. But, man, okay, like, uh, that's awesome. Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey, Mike, what's your uh, question again? <laughs> we're not going to talk about that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. No. Uh, great. <laughs> oh, well, Andy, nice. that's, a, that's, a way to, that's a way to finish the show right <laughs> there. Hotness and and beating down Mike with a coaster count. Love it. <laughs> and all of us, actually. You have a higher coaster count than all of us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, Andy, no, Andy. Oh, my God. Adam. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, it you're going to talk. It is great. Good. Up to a case at this point. Right? <laughs> a couple of shots, too. <laughs> Adam Sandy. <laughs> it has been great to have you on the show. Uh, you are always welcome back. As always, everybody who's still listening, you're the real MVP. Uh, Adam can be found online. Uh, the Roller Coaster Sales Guy, I believe. Yes. What's your name on, on the Twitters? Yeah, on Twitter and Instagram, wherever you want to find me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, Zamperla is Zamperla. All you got to look up Zamperla and you'll find him. So. Yep. 
So yeah, boys, I'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, guys, a week from now, man, I'm excited. Alrighty, Adam, All right. thanks thank so you much. so much. This is awesome. Enjoy Texas. Yeah. Don't get the vid. <laughs> yep. right. Oh yeah, don't get, don't get the vid. <laughs> All right, have a good night, guys. You too. Thanks.